Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we're broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is uh, Forward Radio, WFMP-LP Louisville. That's 106.5 FM on your radio dial. You can find out a little bit more about our station if you go to forwardradio.org. And if you go to that website and click on a button, we are live streaming now. So you can listen to us on your uh, smartphone, laptop, PC, tablet, from anywhere in the world. Folks, well, we're, we're lucky to have uh, Demi Beckloff here with us today. Demi Beckloff is uh, with uh, Campaign Zero Kentucky. Uh, Demi, welcome to our show. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm honored to be with you today. This is great. So, Demi, tell us a little bit about Campaign Zero Kentucky. But what is it? What does it do? So we are an ad hoc group that got together about a month ago. So we are very new. We discovered that Mayor Greg Fisher and the police union, the FOP that represents the LMPD, signed off on a new collective bargaining agreement. They announced this all of a sudden in early October, and a lot of the public had no idea about it. So we just dove into the work. Um, we started creating a social media campaign. We got a lot of public interest around it. And throughout this past month, we've just spread so much information around Louisville about the contract and really tried to get the Metro Council to vote it down. Um, yeah, we are a group where there's six of us. We're local, independent organizers in Louisville. Some people on our team have been activists and organizers for many, many years. And some of us just started this past summer. Um, we, we are advised by the National Campaign Zero Organization, but we are independent here in Louisville. But we are working to expand in the next coming months. We are working with local organizers to develop a Metro Council watch group. And our main goal in these next this next week or so is to really put together a plan for the future and how we can keep this momentum going. So um, a lot of folks may be wondering, uh, what is the significance of the FOP contract with the city, Fraternal Order of Police contract? So tell us why those contracts are important. So police are departments all over the country are represented by labor unions. And one of the biggest unions in the country is the Fraternal Order of Police. And in Louisville, for the LMPD, they are represented by the labor union, the River City Fraternal Order of Police. And they develop a they develop collective bargaining with the city in order to get the police certain rights. They talk a lot about uniforms and play normal things that labor unions talk about. But police unions 
have a lot of articles in them that most labor unions, you'll never see them in there. And they are, we see them as articles of impunity, where it's very hard to hold police accountable for violence and misconduct. We dove into that research. There's so much of it showing that police unions have historically come to the defense of cops who are involved in really gross misconduct. So we, Louisville has one of the most repressive contracts in the entire country. And it's, that is so significant because considering what happened to Breonna Taylor and considering the history of abuses that we've seen of our local police department, we believe it is so important to get that police union contract to eliminate the articles that are protecting violence. So... Um... Police contracts are not just about sort of pay and benefits. That's a part of it. Uh, but unusually, uh, with other city employees, uh, as you said, they have protections from misconduct that other uh, contracts don't have. So that is, thank you for explaining that. And I think it's so important for people to understand why people are out in the street about a labor contract. Uh, it's not just about pay. There's a pay raise built in there uh, uh, from, what is from 34 to 44 for first-year officers, but that's not what most people are upset about. Correct, and Keisha... Councilwoman Keisha Dorsey of District 3 put it so well last night. She cited a 1968 report called the Kerner Commission Report that concluded that institutional racism and poverty are the greatest impacts on inner-city violence. And she was citing that because so many council members last night that voted for the contract said the most important, the most critical thing we need to do to curb violence in Louisville is to hire better police officers. But according to that Colonel report, according to the research, that's not true. The research shows that to curb this violence, we need to invest in our community. We need to invest in helping people get out of poverty and to change institutionalized racism. And so then we cue that police contract. The institutional racism is baked within that contract. So given everything we know, it was pretty shocking that so many of the council voted to pass it last night when they had the choice right in front of them to send it back to negotiations and really get these articles of impunity eliminated. Yes, there was a professor at the University of Louisville, Ariana Levinson, who uh, had her class. She teaches labor law out there, and 
she felt like the contract was poorly written and that the city, whoever was drafting the contract on behalf of the city, really just didn't do their job. That's what she said. Yeah, I, I definitely see it as a failure in the mayor's office, a failure on behalf of the LMPD, and now I see a failure in our Metro Council because they saw the overwhelming dissent within the community. They referenced that multiple times during the meeting last night, saying we know majority of this community wants change, but then they voted it through. So we're really at a crossroads here in Louisville to figure out our next steps in order to get this contract dealt with. So, um, and it could be that people on the Metro Council have a, a sincere misunderstanding of what is needed to make our community better. It could be. It could be partially the political power of the FOP or the perceived political power of the FOP um, and the fact that some public officials believe they can't run the city without a police department. And, of course, the question is, can they run the city with one? But uh, uh, um, so that's really the question that is really, uh, I mean, the mayor of Beverly Hills doesn't think that he needs his police department or she to run the city. Uh, so, uh, so it's so uh, the question is, is. Uh, you know, do people want to, are they sincere about raising the standard of living of the majority of the people in the city, just raising uh, uh, the possibility of a positive life outcomes for people who live in the city, or, or are they betting that economic inequality will rise and therefore unrest will rise with it? Are they betting that economic inequality will rise, betting that the criminal justice system will continue to be imp uh, oppressive? And, and so if you're going to combine, uh, and of course, throw in systemic racism. So if you're going to make the bet that systemic racism, economic inequality, and an unjust and corrupt criminal justice system are going to stay in place, then you may think that you need a police department to, you know, maintain, uh, quote-unquote, law and order. Yeah, it's, they're very complex issues, um, but I really just like to lean on the research, and if you're not going to change the dangerous articles of impunity that are rampant through our police contract, but then you're going to hire more police, incentivize more police, then look at the system that they're coming into. And we, Keisha Dorsey specifically, Councilwoman Dorsey, she's, she does not, she supports the salary increases. But she's saying the FOP 
that's all they want right now is because the LMPD is losing so many officers in droves. She's saying, let's go back to the negotiations. Let's talk about the salary increases. But we also need to really reconcile with the evident truth that this police department needs serious and significant change, especially in the police union contract. And but Metro Council was not ready to do that. And we really need to grapple with that as a community and dive into the research and just keep working on it. So when you talk about um, requirements and having a good police department, that is, there have been a couple of uh, chiefs who really believe that having a two-year uh, college requirement or two years worth of really improve the quality of the police department. But Chief Conrad, one of the things he did before he uh, um, was fired by uh, the mayor was to uh, lower the requirement back to simply a high school diploma. Um, also, one of the best ways to ma- maintain retention in state, city, county jobs, federal jobs as well, has always been the defined benefit pension. That's where you receive a certain amount of money upon retirement until you die. And so nobody in the city gets defined benefit pensions anymore since 2014. That's a problem. So when you talk about people retiring, you're talking about people who were hired under the old system where they can retire after 20 years with a defined benefit pension why shouldn't they retire and then use the uh, status and prestige they built up from being here to, uh, you know, go on to work on other police departments? You've got to understand that the Louisville Police Department, since city-county merger, is the biggest police department in the state of Kentucky, over a 1,000 people. And that's kind of a benchmark in cities between cities who have a police department with a thousand people or more in cities that don't. So, uh, so there are more jobs. There are more different jobs. The, the the bigger the police department, there are more jobs, of course, but there are more different jobs. So that's how you build up your resume. There's more of an opportunity for promotion uh, because there's more people, and uh, people are always quitting and retiring. So there's ways to move up, uh, and so. I suspect that most of the people who are retiring are people who retired under the old system. So they get a great pension, plus they can move on and become, you know, uh, uh, chiefs and deputy chiefs at these smaller police departments uh, around Jefferson County and out in the state. That's what they do. They use the resume they build up here to go on and become uh, uh uh, you know, chiefs, deputy chiefs, so on, and other police departments around the state. So um, now, if you don't have a defined benefit pension, if that's not a perk, which no city employees get anymore, then what's to stop you from working for LMPD for four or five years, building up your resume, and then looking around for a police department that will pay you a few dollars more. If there's no defined benefit pension and all you have is a 401k, why shouldn't you move to some other police department that's going to pay you, you know, 
a few dollars more. Why shouldn't you? Totally. I mean, these these systemic issues need to be grappled with, and it's not going to be solved by just simply raising salaries up by $7,000. And there's also things within their raises that they now have to pay for. Like, they have to pay for their uniforms now. So they're getting raises, but then they're having to pay for a lot more. Uh, Councilwoman Sexton Smith made the point that she doesn't believe this is even a good enough raise. She says we can do better with that, too. And so she voted no on the contract, saying not only do we need to change the article's of impunity, but we need to talk about giving them more of a raise. So there's so many complex issues within LMPD that we need to reconcile with, and the compute the community needs to be involved along that way. And so, who gets hired as a police officer? That is, uh, a lot of people think the police and military are the same because. Uh, uh, you know, they wear uniforms, they have guns, and they have, you know, uh, rank. But it's not exactly the same. That is, uh, uh, a police officer has more power, authority, status, and prestige than a buck private in the military or a seaman recruit in the Navy or an airman basic uh, in the Air Force. That is, once you are accepted into the police department, and you manage to survive police academy, then you survive your first year without getting into trouble. You come under, you know, union protection, and you're essentially good to go for the next 20 years unless you do something really bad and somebody decides to call you on it. Uh, uh, So uh, it's a lot better job than being uh, a, a buck private in the Army or a seaman recruit in the Navy or an airman basic in the Air Force. Because you have, you're essentially, once you uh, uh, survive the academy, survive your probationary period, uh, and come under union pr- protection, you're the king of the street until you do something really bad and get caught or decide to re- retire. That is, you can pull your pistol out, uh, shoot somebody, say they were attacking you and um, that's it you know you just keep doing what what you're doing uh there's no other job where you can sort of do that so um uh so that police union contract makes it really hard to um lay off it says in the contract there are no layoffs of any members um, that are part of this con that are in this police union and the only time that you can lay off a member it's very very difficult they have to have done something just utterly horrible and there has to be a lot of evidence of it and it's just ridiculous and so one of the things about being a police officer as well let's say uh once you get into the academy, you survive uh, the academy, you survive your probationary period, and you are not interested in getting promoted. If you are not interested in getting promoted, you can essentially disrespect uh, your, quote-unquote, superior officers 
frequently, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and not get fired. Uh, and so it's a way better job than being a buck private in the military or a uh, as a as a airman basic or a seaman recruit. You can't do that in the military. Yeah. You can't do it. Uh, if you're a buck private and a corporal tells you to do something, you pretty much got to do it. If you're a corporal and a sergeant tells you to do something, you pretty much got to do it. And so, but in the police department, it's not that way. Uh, it's only paramilitary, uh, uh, not military. There's no strict command and control in that way. So, therefore, that's why you have rogue police officers uh, who managed to survive for 20 years or more uh, because they have a culture that allows for that. Uh, so, as I'm saying, it's a lot better job, whether it's 34000 to start or 44000 that is uh, uh, Officer Hankinson, who, who the only one fired in the Breonna Taylor case, he was making over $150,000 a year uh, 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 with overtime. Yeah, he was at he was at a Lexington Police Department, and his boss there said before he was at LMPD, and the his boss there said he would never recommend Hankinson for a job in the future because he had so many other misconduct complaints against him even then. Well, yes, he said his he said that. Hankinson could not be supervised. That's what he said. And so here, the Louisville Metro uh, hires a guy from Lexington who couldn't be supervised. And so, uh, uh, and so, uh, and so, the police department allows for that. So Hankinson, a guy who couldn't be supervised, uh, is making over one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, not including the money he made uh, on his uh, off-duty police work. Whereas, if you read the paper, he seems to have gotten in a little trouble on, uh, on his uh, his uh, off duty activities. So, um, uh, so it's a way better job uh, than being a buck private in the military or uh, a seaman recruit or an airman basic. You know, whether it's twenty four thousand, I mean thirty four thousand or forty four thousand, it's just a way better job. Uh, status, prestige, authority, uh, ability to make uh, extra money uh, on off-duty work, uh, just a way better job. And so uh, uh, so there we have it. Uh, uh, folks, uh, you're listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and uh, uh, this is WFMP-LP Louisville, 106.5 FM, uh, forward radio uh check out the website we are live streaming now so you can listen to us uh uh, uh on your tablet smartphone uh pc uh, from anywhere in the world so we're here with uh to me uh beck pronounce your last name for me it's beck loft beck loft there's a t in there like bertold brecht and, and with so an, the T is silent. Ah, ah. Yeah. It's so, very um, German, I think. Okay. So, uh, Beck Loft. So, thank you. Uh, so, uh, Demi, tell us about what are the next steps for um, Campaign Zero Kentucky? Where does the community go from here? So, 
the Metro Council voted uh, Thursday to, uh, and so it's supposed to come up for, re- it's a short-term contract, it's supposed to come up for renewal in, is it 2021 or 2022? So June, at the end of June 2021, so next year, and negotiations are slated to begin in January of 2021, so that's going to be our next, you know, site is make sure that the community is involved in those negotiations and that there's no fast ones being pulled on us again. Well, here's the thing. I mean, uh, the city may need an education campaign in the sense that people think that the police keep them safe, but no, it's having a society that's uh, uh, with economic opportunity where the people in society perceive that the legal system is fair and to all and there's opportunity and uh, that's what makes uh, the society safe. Uh, uh, Correct. And uh, it's, it's wild to me that, I mean, we under, I understand why this, they aren't using the research at that level because they are benefiting off of that system. They are benefiting off of the police oppressing the people. So we as grassroots organizers have to get into that system. We have to run for those offices on Metro Council and change it from within like Councilwoman Keisha Dorsey is currently trying to do. yeah, it's it's going to be a tough road, and people have been working on it for centuries, and we have to continue that. So it can't, uh, that is, the country is not going to survive if people actually believe that uh, people are going to, uh, you know, you're going to deny people economic opportunity, civil rights, and, uh, and uh, a criminal justice system that works. And then you're going to use a thousand police officers, a thousand one hundred, a thousand two hundred, to keep seven hundred and fifty thousand people under control. So there's, uh, at most, you have twelve hundred people on the Louisville Police Department. You've got nine hundred state policemen. So those folks, there, and there are four million people in the state of state of Kentucky. So nine hundred state policemen cannot control four million people. Uh, just as 1,200 police officers on Louisville Metro Police Department can't control 750,000 people. Uh, So there has to be a sense in the people that the system is just. And that's where, quote-unquote, you know, law and order comes from. But a law, you know... Exactly. Exactly. So law and order, uh, you know, starting with uh, President Nixon, has come to mean sort of a billy club against the head of anyone who's demanding justice or a better system than the one that we have. And that just doesn't work. That just doesn't work, at least not in this country or in any country that anybody would want to live in. Not at all. I mean, police, there's police around the world that in some countries, like in the UK, they don't 
carry guns. They only de-escalate situations. And they still have issues with racial injustice. Don't get me wrong. But they, I mean, I think the UK police have killed approximately like 13 unarmed black men in the past decade. And your, those numbers are completely different than in the U.S. The U.S., it is rampant, and it is a disease. But in the U.K., police officers are taught to de-escalate. And in situations where people are at risk, where people can get hurt, they put the laws aside, especially in protests when they might be in the position where they need to de-escalate and intervene. They choose to sit by. I'm going to have to, uh, we're coming to the end of our show. And to me, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. Uh, Thank you so much. And we'll be, folks, we'll be back next, next week.